My father was the energy of the family. He was the financial backer of the family. He goes through a green light and um, bless this guy's heart, wasn't paying attention, runs a red light, hits my father, and my father dies. And I, I'll never forget, the family went from like a feeling of warmth to just a feeling of like silence and pain. Would you consider that an, an early life setback or would you consider that something else? I would consider that a, a early life setback. So it's a life interruption. And then when most people have that life interruption or setback, they don't know how to get out of it. And so that's one thing that I think created a calling in me that I wanted to help more people that had life interruptions find a way up and out. When you have a setback, the first thing you got to do is you got to become awake. You got to become conscious and you got to say, oh my gosh, we're in the middle of a pandemic and we may need to be locked down for a month. A month turned into another month and then to over a year, right? So number one, become awake. Secondly, you have to take inventory. Take realistic inventory, like in the pandemic. Where am I financially? Where am I with my job? Where am I with my mental health? How is my family doing? How is my country doing? How is this world doing? So number one, you become awake. Secondly, take inventory. But here's a powerful thing. You have to partner with the right people. I feel that a lot of people, when they have a setback, they don't have the right people to partner with. So that's what I always wanted to become, and that's what I became. I want to be the person that somebody could link hands with and say, come on, Tim Story. You may not know everything, but you know how to get people from a setback to a comeback. All of us are going through recovery and discovery at the same time. Recovery of things lost in the past, recovery of things lost and that were challenged of in the present. But in the midst of recovery and discovery, let's not lose the beautiful moments that can happen now. And I think we got so caught up in the challenges that we didn't pay attention to the beauty of life. I've heard you talk about having your shout knocked out of you. Yes. Which kind of feels like a bit of a childlike quality to me or a childlike concept <laughs> to me. But but it also feels like I understand what that means. I actually understand when I've had that knocked out of me in life. Yeah. And what it feels like to come back. What does that mean, your shout or having it knocked out yeah, of you? Yeah, we've all had it happen to us. And the way I say it is that, you know, there's times in life where you just want to shout, where life is at a high volume. And if you notice a lot of people that you grew up with, they don't have a shout anymore. Their shout became a whisper. It's like, hey, how's it going? Well, step by step, how's your marriage going? Okay, how's your job? Okay, and they find themselves in the land of okay, but I believe you can get your shout back. To get your shout back, the first thing you gotta do is get tired of being tired. If you're bloated, get tired of being bloated. If you're poor, get tired of being poor. If you're lonely, get tired of being lonely. And you really gotta get tired of being tired. And that's how I was being in a lower income family. I didn't like that feeling of like, I wanted a certain tennis shoe, but I got the almost version. I wanted the certain type of Levi's, but I got Plevi's, right? So everything was almost, I was yeah. tired of being tired, tired of being regular, tired of being this. And so I made a choice that man, I'm gonna do three things, here we go. Number one, we learn from education. Number two, that's why I'm glad that you're doing this. We learn from conversation. 
Number three, we learn from observation. So I begin to educate myself, I begin to have better conversations, and I begin to watch people around me that got the shout back. And I emulated and started following what they did. Hmm. Tired of being tired? Tired of being tired. How do you see mindset and how does that play a role in people's world? Mindset to me is, uh, it's a perspective, it's a point of view, it's another vantage point. And so when we were lower income in Compton, we had never seen anything like we were about to view a few days later. What do you mean, Tim's story? Well, somebody gave us free tickets to Disneyland. When I went to Disneyland as a seven-year-old and I saw Tomorrowland, Frontierland, and I saw all these different lands, and I saw Mickey Mouse up close, Donald Duck up close, the fireworks show at 9.30 at night. Whoa, <laughs> my life changed. It was all about a different perspective from Compton, California and the things I saw there, going to Disneyland, and I found out later, it was literally only like 40 miles away. 40 miles away, I was about to have a life change. Hmm. And so mindset is a different perspective. And we've heard it before. Mindset is mind to set. Your mindset is mind to set. So I begin to set my mind even going back to seven years of age. And that perspective, from what I understand, can really alter your mood, can it not? I mean, it doesn't just you know, change your advantage on the world, or your perspective, but it can shift how you show up, how you how you feel, how, how you experience what's happening around 100%, you. 100%, because then you get the miracle mentality. All of a sudden you're thinking uncommon, not normal, not regular. And you begin to see those things that have not yet happened as though they're possible. So before I became great friends with Oprah, I saw myself being great friends with Oprah. So when we started talking a lot, it didn't throw me off. <laughs> like I've had this conversation in my head. I've envisioned these conversations. And so when I started to work with some of the biggest stars in the world, and I mean like huge, like, could you imagine like looking up to Charlton Heston as a kid, he was Moses and then being his buddy or Tony Curtis talking about him doing movies with Marilyn Monroe or James Caan who just recently passed from The Godfather being my buddy or the Vidal Sassoon talking about how he created an empire. This is some mind boggling stuff, but I saw it before it even happened. No kidding. I saw it. 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 And when you say you see it, I think people struggle with that. Like, is that like I close my eyes and I see it? Or is that just like something that feels like almost a bit of a destiny or a faith within my, you? It is that too. It's a destiny. It's a faith and it's the power of the imagination. And what I believe is that I was just in alignment with what heaven was saying about Tim's story. So I got this saying that I say, I don't believe in chasing things. I just wanna be in alignment with what I think has been spoken over me. So these 77 countries of the world now, speaking to 85,000 people at one time, over a thousand invitations a year is what I get to go speak at places. I don't manipulate to get them. I simply align myself and then I cooperate with what life is asking me to do. You inspire those who inspire us. Who inspires you? I'm inspired by um, the little things in life. 
I, I have this saying that miracles are either coming or going at all times. My last book is called The Miracle Mentality. And to have a miracle mentality is to look for the extraordinary, look for the unusual, look for the uncommon. And um, the other day, I was really busy on a lot of Zoom calls. And I went to my backyard, and as I was sitting there drinking hot tea, I noticed that three butterflies came by my right shoulder at the same time. True story. They turned around and came back the same way. That inspires me. So I'm, I'm inspired by butterflies. I'm inspired by you today and the outreach you guys have in changing lives. I'm inspired by this beautiful location in Estonia. I'm inspired by great conversations with Quincy Jones. I, I'm high on life. I really enjoy life. What a privilege to live.